Nancy Feely. I'm from San Francisco, California. I'm currently up on top of a 300 foot tall boom overlooking the White House. Um, we have dropped a banner from the top of um, a huge crane. And the banner is a handwritten message to the people of, uh, of the U.S. and of the world um, to not give up. So we're hoping that people are looking up today and seeing that um, the resistance is strong. And although the opposition um, in front of us seems to be um, adamant about dividing the people of this country, that uh, the climbers who are up here and all of our supporters and all of the communities that we come from um, are dedicated to supporting each other and working together. Um, it's gotten a little windy up here, so people are feeling um, kind of dizzy and uh, a little scared, but um, we wanted to get back on and, and talk to you guys a little bit about why it is that we're up here and who it is that we represent. So. My name is Nancy Pili Hernandez. I'm from San Francisco. I'm a community worker. I've taught high school and taught young people. Um, I voted in the same place every single year since I turned 18. I've paid taxes in the same place every year since I turned 18. And um, we are up here. I'm up here because I feel like um, we can't just go along with um, being complacent and settling for a democracy that doesn't work and a government that doesn't serve us. And so we are sending this message to this new administration, but also to um, all of the people out there that um, the resistance is strong. And um, even if things seem scary in front of us, well, we have to conquer our fears. So I'm gonna show you guys a little bit about where we are. So maybe you can see. Down below me, there's a construction site. hand-painted 75-foot banner that is uh, blowing in some gusty winds right now over DC. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about this crew of people who are up here. Um, this is an amazing squad of community workers and activists that I'm so proud to be hanging up here with. Um, we definitely represent all of the communities that have been under attack during the first week of this administration's work. One of the first things that was done this week by this administration was to erase any reference to climate change from the entire um, White House website. And so we feel like if the default position of this administration is to bury their heads in the sand and act in denial during the largest crisis that humanity has ever faced, 
then our default position must be fearless resistance. This young man is from New York. He's a Muslim American. He loves hip hop. He can recite Biggie Smalls by heart. He's full of love and passion. And he's an amazing, amazing young person who learned how to climb pretty recently and is now the anchor for this huge banner that has been unfurled um, above the White House. And so he and I both me being Latina, Mexicana, feel like today, um, today was scary for people, for a lot of people from our communities because our communities are being threatened. Um, the administration has said that they will build a wall to separate my family from me um, and my ancestors from me. And, um, and they've also said that they will start a registry for his people and his ancestors. Um, what we're saying is that we are tied together. We are bound together because of being um, immigrants in this country or being children of immigrants in this country and being dedicated to the upliftment of our people. So he and I are both working for environmental justice and we are both working for um, forward thinking in our communities. And uh, so I'm very, very honored to be tied to him today. If I look a little closer over there, there's a series, a string of more activists. I can't walk over there and be on Facebook Live at the same time. Sorry, I haven't figured this out too well. But, um, but uh, Pearl. All right, Pearl! Pearl! Tell Pearl, look over here. Hi! Tell Pearl to, tell her wait. Okay, well. Maybe not, but Pearl is an amazing community worker. She works for Rainforest Action Network. She's an African-American woman, a leader and a trainer. She teaches people how to climb and how to repel and how to use uh, climbing as a tool for activism. And um, she's an amazing, amazing community worker. So I'm sure you guys are going to be able to see a lot of her interviews. Uh, while she's been hanging up here in this harness, she was interviewed by the Huffington Post and um, man, I, I think she did like seven interviews sitting in that harness up there, 300 feet up off the ground. So she's definitely been conquering some fears today. Um, a little farther out there, you can see on the edge, um, Zeph is out there and Zeph is, um, is a 50 year old woman, but you couldn't tell it because she climbs faster than a 20 year old. Um, and this, the, um, is a, is a queer person and represents the queer community and, um, is a strong leader and a strong advocate for environmental and social justice as well. So, uh, there's definitely an amazing assortment of activists that are up here and we are all very proud to represent the communities that we come from and I'm very proud to be tied together with them today. here in the air. So I would say um, it's a beautiful day even though it's getting kind of windy. Uh, we're, we're being told that we're going to be arrested pretty soon. So um, we're going to spend some time in jail. But um, it's definitely worth it because uh, nonviolent civil disobedience is a tactic that has worked to mobilize people, to teach people, to change things 
in a way that doesn't um, create wars, it doesn't create violence, and doesn't um, destroy our spirits. So I'd say that this is an act of rebellion that has lifted my spirit, and hopefully it's lifted your spirits too. So we thank you guys so much for all of your shares and all of your hearts and all of your thumbs ups. And um, as soon as we get down from here, I'll try to answer all these comments. I can't, I can't really focus on reading and, and, and standing here at the same time, but um, I'm really happy to be standing here and I'm um, really happy that so many people feel um, like joining the resistance or, or probably a lot of you have already joined the resistance and are veterans of it. So um, I want to shout out uh, down at the bottom, the base, uh, some of the people that are keeping us safe. Um, a lot of the Greenpeace staff and board members are down there. Um, Karen, she's a, the president of the board. She has herself locked to the to the um, ladder so that the, the cops couldn't come get us before we were deployed. Um, and then there's a whole team of, of Greenpeace staff that are down there supporting us and helping to make this happen. And so I want to say thank you to all of the people who are supporting um, this action and who are continuing to teach nonviolent civil disobedience um, as a way that we can fight and a way that we can win. So thank you guys all so much for um, following along with us today. We're asking everybody to um, pledge to join the resistance. And so if our effort of um, conquering our fears has inspired you at all, I hope that everybody can um, find ways to resist in our own lives, to work together, to stop, um, stop the pipelines from being built, um, to protect the water, to protect the land, uh, to protect a woman's right to choose, um, to protect gay marriage, and protect um, our brothers and sisters who uh, are being threatened with deportations. Um, there's a lot that seems like we're up against, but uh, I recently, you know, feel like I learned how to fly. It's using carabiners and ropes, but uh, it's a superpower. And so whatever superpower you have, I hope that you can harness it and um, use it to be part of the resistance and to um, fight back and to, and to demand better than what we're being offered right now. So um, on the Greenpeace website, there's a place they're asking for pledges and I wanna ask everybody to go to that website and sign up for a way that you can pledge um, to do more than just vote because um, voting is not getting us anywhere. It has to be more than that. And we have to be able to hold our elected officials and our officials who are unelected and who are um, illegitimate also, hold them accountable too. So I look forward to um, seeing a lot of you on the streets. I, I know we have a lot of work to do in the future. We have to stop some pipelines. We have to protect some people. We have to save some water. We have to stop climate change. It's a long fight, but um, I look forward to uh, generations of this fight so peace out thank you guys for following along and uh hopefully we'll be able to uh get out of here safely and report back to you guys after we get out of jail and welcome to the weekly review this is roman today it's friday january 27th 2017 uh back after being away for a little bit was in dc and there's a lot to talk about. That's always the case with this program. Hope all the listeners out there are doing well and connecting with people and resisting the best you can. There's a lot to get to, and we have two hours here. <laughs> so we'll touch on a few things that have happened in the past two weeks. And there's a lot. And thankfully, more and more people are waking up and realizing that uh, voting 
doesn't really help us in the long run. And there's a lot more, just as Nancy Peely, that was a video from Greenpeace USA you can check out online. And Nancy Peely, a representative from the Mission District here in San Francisco. So very proud that we have someone who was out there representing. And they hung this giant banner. It's definitely worth checking out the video. We hung this giant banner outside the White House that says resist. And there's been signs of resistance coming from everywhere, from the EPA to the Parks and Forest Service. Uh, A lot of the folks who have been told to not speak are speaking up. And I think that's incredible. And we need to do more of that. Not sure exactly where to go because there's just so much to get to. I guess I'll talk a little bit about D.C. It was incredible. There are a lot of people out there, a lot of people resisting. People were arrested the day before. Uh, the books from Black Lives Matter. There were folks for environmental environmental justice. There's LGBTQ folks, uh, women's rights, uh, anti-capitalist. Lots and lots of folks um, with, you know, just the, the thing is with this administration is that there's no choice but to unite. And I think there's always been no choice but to unite. And now it's been made very clear when so many people are being targeted. <sighs> I feel like I've been talking about this kind of stuff for a long time, for the certainly since before the show and then before I got here. And I've spent the last two weeks talking with people. And it's interesting to be in this space now where it's not so much a, a dialogue. So I encourage folks to call in if you'd like, 415-550-0511. Let me know what you're thinking. We'll also be having a caller call in, a uh, friend Charlotte, who we met out here, who's out in D.C. and is now in Philly. We'll be calling in and talking about her experience uh, out there. So looking forward to hearing that. There's just so much. That was a thing, too. There was, uh, I found out so many people were resisting that it's like hard to there's like the video of the cops pepper spraying people and i did there of course and had experiences with cops out there that was not pleasant um and also just seeing how they treated friends is not pleasant and that's me being very perhaps not that descriptive but still trying to process everything Uh, I know a couple of folks who are arrested in D.C., and there are some journalists who are being held on felony rioting charges, which is unprecedented, and being threatened with up to 10 years in prison for reporting on what was happening. So that's fucking wrong. And then there was also, separately, there were also um, some, I heard, uh, friends of friends who got into the inauguration, got VIP seats, and then when the inauguration was starting, they blew their whistles, and these were AIDS activists, and they started screaming and yelling and blowing their whistles, and they were arrested. So, And that's something else that I would not have known about that had I not talked to someone who knew them. So there's a lot of different things that happen that, unless we hear about it on media or we know the people that it happened to, we wouldn't necessarily know. Then, of course, there's Richard Spencer, the white nationalist, getting punched in the face. That kind of has been making the rounds, and that's not... I think most folks listening to this have heard about that. And perhaps we'll be (laughs) playing some of the music today. People have been making music videos with him being punched. And then there's the argument that's been going on with whether or not it's okay to punch a Nazi, which I would imagine folks kind of know what side I'm on about that. Not punching them (laughs) doesn't... It's like that's not really... You can't fight fascism by listening to them. You can't can't debate it. It, Fascism is meant to be smashed. That's why we're in this mess in the first place, is that folks have still been around trying to implement their white supremacist notions of how to live, and they've infiltrated law enforcement, they've infiltrated the government, and now we're seeing them front and center. And so I have absolutely no qualms about people punching Nazis. I support it. We need actually more of that, to be honest. So that's a very... (laughs) That's a very uh, brief uh, statement on that. There is a lot. 
there is a lot. And I feel like there's been maybe in the last few years, there's been an increase in news and current events happening on social media. And now with this recent election, there's even more of that. There's more of an awareness perhaps. And if you know me, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of the Democrats. And there's a lot of things that happened in the Obama administration that I do not agree with. There's the drone strikes, there's deportations, still a lot of people within, you know, under mass incarceration and Leonard Peltier still in jail. Like there's all these things that I think overall folks were pacified and overall some progress was made and still not quite enough to really that for the good of all of the people by, and I don't feel like the government government can do that. I don't know if that's really possible. Um, when you have people in positions of power that are not there for the people, if it's, there's this hierarchy, it's really difficult to make sure that everyone is accounted for and everyone's getting what they need. I don't think, I don't think that's possible. I would love to be proven wrong about a lot of these things. I would love to. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. Something else we'll be talking about on the show is Milo Yiannopoulos. So he's this very right-wing speaker. He's openly gay and also homophobic, which is interesting, and transphobic and xenophobic and Islamophobic and a misogynist. And he deserves to get fucking definitely punched in the face. And he was speaking at University of Wisconsin a few weeks ago, and he added a trans student, really bad. And then... um, Last week, I believe, he was up at University of Washington, and there was protests up there, and an anti-racist activist was shot in the stomach, and the cops let the shooter go. So it's pretty dangerous, because like, a lot of white nationalists flocked him. It's not just like this idea of, like, oh, free speech, everyone... If someone's advocating for violence against marginalized groups, that's pretty fucked up. And people at UCLA, they canceled it. I believe it was also Santa Barbara canceled. Up at Davis, and we'll be talking with a uh, friend, Charlotte, who's up there to talk about that experience. They shut it down at UC Davis a few weeks ago. Less than a, I can't keep track of time anymore. It's been a lot happening so far. But UC Davis, they, sh- they shut it down. There was violence, and they did shut it down. And so many people have been calling. He's supposed to be speaking at UC Berkeley this coming Wednesday. And numerous people, students, activists, administrators, teachers, a lot of people at Berkeley have been saying, hey, don't allow him to speak. Really bad things happen when he speaks and folks come and gather. And they have not listened. And the chancellor, whose name is slipping my mind, has said, seems like Herx or something. Anyway, he has said, no, we, we believe in free speech. And the argument against that, although, is that there's a difference between hate speech and free speech. You're just going to allow people to have death threats. You're going to allow that to happen. How can you keep your students safe if they're have, receiving death threats? So there's like a, uh, a kit, you know, what to know about Milo and how to argue about this. And the, the problem is that the people in positions of power don't really care. They're not going to care. And they're, I think they're afraid of a lo- some ideas that they're afraid of the lawsuit. They're afraid that he's not allowed to speak, they'll get sued. Well, you know what else they'll get sued for is if students are attacked. So they should fucking think about that. And it just seems very, very troublesome. And there's this idea that they're saying that at least like 900 people are due to come in favor of Milo. And so we're, of course, also galvanizing folks to protest and also just wanting to let folks know that there's a very likely chance that there will be violence because the folks coming in are fucking neo-Nazis. They're not exactly here to like listen and have a debate. They're they are fucking dangerous people. So that's extremely 
distressing. And also something that should be known about Berkeley, though, they can't even get behind the whole free free speech thing is bullshit because they did not allow a class on Palestine to be taught there. So you can't pick and choose as to what you find to be free speech. So, ugh, that's definitely deeply upsetting. And again, that's uh, folks are meeting at around 5 p.m. Uh, on... Wednesday is Wednesday, February 1st at UC Berkeley. And I'll pull up the, the place where that's happening. And the thing with, it, with UC Davis was that it happened in a classroom, so it was a little bit easier to manage. And this is going to be at the uh, Poly Ballroom, which is at the MLK Student Union. And it's on the second floor at Cal. So just wanting to folks to, to recognize that. When I was in DC, I did see some black block anarchists. It was great. They had their flags and their face masks, and I approve of them. For sure, saw lots of folks from around the political spectrum, and uh, I did also try. I don't know to what degree it was uh, a positive thing. Speaking with some Trump supporters, there were the, some of the folks who were just outright lying, just kind of trying to defend getting rid of uh, welfare programs or you know programs that keep people alive. You know, like food stamps, and I I'm, I just can't. I'm like how? So then, of course, you know, you you counter that with. You know how much fucking money that the country spends on the military? Like, the the amount that goes into actually, like, taking care of people is so minuscule compared to the amount that the country pays for a fucking jet. So if you're really upset about the... And the whole idea, like, welfare fraud, like, so... It's, like, so minuscule compared. Like, I don't even care. Like, if someone takes advantage of it, I don't honestly don't fucking care. I'd rather people take advantage of it than have that money go to, like, buying a new fucking bomber. The military gets so much fucking money that, like... Even if people are taking advantage of the program, and I don't think they are, I don't think people are even getting enough money anyway. I think everyone should have access to food and, and health care and housing, huh? and that's supposedly radical. I don't understand that. The Women's March on Saturday was huge. It was over one million people in D.C., people on seven continents, people in Antarctica, people in, I heard a friend in Oklahoma City said they had 12,000 people, so not just like these big cities, but people around the fucking world fucking planet earth everyone so many people showed up i heard there was one in 100 americans showed up to march that day and then for those of us i know plenty of people who were there in spirit and couldn't be like physically or they they were there they had kids to take care of or other reasons and they wanted to be there so there's no doubt that we are the majority i think that's really important to remember when these few very few people in positions of power and some of their supporters they might seem like they have the power but people have the power and that's really important to remember we got these fucking ICE agents Ugh. Yeah, that's the theme of the show always. People in positions of power fucking things up for the rest of us. ICE agents, they went to a preschool in the Mission District in San Francisco, and David Campos, who was on the Board of Supervisors, he's just uh, trimmed out recently, said he's never seen that in 10 years of being in San Francisco. So there's, uh, have to be protective of folks. I mean, to, I, how does even one even like talk about the idea that who, I mean, it's like hurting people. It's not helping anyone. It's hurting people. And that's something that's so hard. I know people have been shocked about this and I myself have not had much faith in the state for a very long time. and know that they can be harmful. It's more just like the kind of pushing their agenda in a way that's so much more overt than it has been in the past. And the thing is, problems have been having there's it's not like yes things would be different if someone else was elected 
and there still could be a lot of problems. And there's also with the fucking pipeline. They want to push the pipeline through. And yesterday, there's a big protest outside the federal building in San Francisco, and people showed up. And we have a call, and I believe that will be Charlotte. So we'll we'll speak with Charlotte. Hello. Hello. You know oh. who this is. Oh, hey, Gail. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Yes. Well, are we going to play? Or are you busy or what? Uh, we can we can talk for a few minutes. I have a friend calling in in a, in a bit, but we can chat for the moment. Oh, good. What are we going to chat about? Um, the resistance against the president and the new regime. <laughs> the new regime. <laughs> yeah, like we're in, in Nazi Germany. Well, Ooh. we k- kind of are. <laughs> When people yeah, are being threatened to be deported. He's doing? Pardon? You see the wonderful things he's doing? He already signed for that wall. Yeah. And he's going to make, uh, and the Mexican president, he, he, he quit. He didn't bother coming for the meeting. But that's so silly. You're going to put up the wall. They make tunnels now. They're just going to tunnel under the wall. Well, it's also just, I mean, it's, I don't, I personally don't even believe in borders. I think borders are a myth and the world is just. You can't believe he's going to do that. Oh no, I can be- I don't trust him at all. I just I don't believe in the idea of borders. So the idea of also just I mean people are going to it's like kind of like making the idea of making a, abortion for instance illegal. People are still going to get abortions. It just won't be as safe. It's like the same kind of scenario. You want to prevent something from happening that's going to happen anyway and it's just a waste of people's time and money and it's incredibly insulting. Well, you, they're yanking uh, Sanctuary City's fund. Yep. Yeah, that's that's also yeah, I hadn't mentioned that yet. Yes. And what else are they doing uh Oh, they put up a lot more ISIS people. They ICE. hired a lot more ISIS agents. ICE, yeah. And, and somebody about there, the ISIS people came into San Francisco and was doing something. Yes, they went to a preschool. They went to a preschool. Yep. That's how fucking evil they are. They don't they care. They men went to a preschool. Yep. What are they doing in their preschool? They well, think the kids are going to rat out their parents? I don't, I don't know, but I think it's just a, it's a fear tactic. I'm trying to find out what, I said, I knew they did something, but I couldn't figure out what they did. Yeah, it was like, there's like the Good Samaritan Center uh, that also, I believe, operates I a preschool. Yeah. But they went, what, now I'm really interested in what, what was the point of going to a preschool? I believe it was just to intimidate people. Well, you know, the people, they're just carrying it out like Hitler. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know? Just following orders like old Hitler did. Yep, and people need to people need to stop. They need yeah, to stop well, following orders. Well, I don't know how they're gonna. But the one thing he's not yanking is the police fund. Yeah, that should be the first to go. If I were president, that's one of the first things I would get rid of. Well, unfortunately, I gotta tell you, I don't like people getting shot for nothing, because I can very well be one of them myself if they didn't like the way I looked or something one day. Mm-hmm. You know. But on the other hand, you need police because mm. there are a lot of really evil people out there. And if no one there to let stop them from crossing the line, all these evil people, the real evil people, not the ones that are getting shot for nothing. Well, in my opinion, some of the real evil people are the ones in Congress and the ones running the country. So well, if, the police, if the police aren't getting them, then I kind of don't, I don't feel like they're really protecting me from anyone. Because the people who are causing me the most harm, me and my friends the most harm right now, are some of these politicians. Ah, but you see, people voted them in. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. It, uh, I don't think they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be helping the people. Exactly. I don't think we're supposed to be turning this into one big church. No. The, the church of the USA. I agree. <laughs> I mean, but people got to wise up when they put people that 
like the vice president. Oh, he's terrible. We have conversion centers. We yeah. should convert him into a gay guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't go for that. Right. Right. What I go for is everyone do what they want to do. Yep. As long as they're not bothering anyone else. Hell yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not talking about if you don't like what someone's doing. That's not bothering you. Mm-hmm. They're not coming up and punching you in the head. Now that's bothering you. If you don't like the lifestyle they're leading, if you don't like their their pro-choice, that's none of your business. Yeah. Your business is your business. Right. You know? It's up to each individual to choose what they want to do. And there's no one else asks for either to get in on it. Yeah. But that's not the way it goes, you know? Right. I, mean, well, I always say, when you become perfect, then you can start telling other people how to do things. Yeah. And yep. that's the little hook. You never become perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm very disappointed in this vice president. As much as I'm disillusioned with Trump, I ain't like the vice president even less. Because he's big on the damn Bible. Yeah. You know, conversion centers, uh, ISIS, and, oh, God. Uh, now, the big thing is, is Trump going to get in for another four years? No, he's going to be impeached, or he, he won't be around for four years. I want to know if they're going to get rid of him before four years. They will, yes. I don't know. He might go to bed one day from all the stress and drop dead. Well. He's not a young guy, you know. No, he's not. And I don't think he's enjoying this very much. I, well, what he wanted to win. Yeah, I don't think he had any idea what it, what it entailed. And I think things are probably well, pretty... Well, he just thought he could do anything he wants. Yeah. You can't do anything you want. Yeah. How is he going to get out of this? I mean, he can't quit. Because he, he would be called a quitter, you know? That's true. Hmm. Be careful what you want to get. You might get it. Yeah. I think he just wanted to win. I didn't think he fully understood the crap he was going to have to take. Yeah, yeah. Hey. But if you get rid of him, then you got the vice president. Yeah, so we don't want him either. You got that Ryan guy. Yep, yep. I mean, everyone should have... See, this is all hindsight, the resistance. The resistance, they should have... Because everyone, a lot of people thought, no way this guy's going to get in. Well, ha, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. Never say never. Yeah. Well, maybe you guys, I don't know what you're going to do. Unless, what can you do? Uh, we can all sp- he does all these shitty things. Yeah. We can all speak up and watch out for each other. Well, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if someone's going to knock him off. Yeah. I mean, a, ni- a 19-year-old kid tried to knock him off when he was in one of the conventions. Yeah, in day. Nevada. Yeah. He took the gun off of a guard or something. Right. Well, the the issue with that, though, is that then they could enforce martial law, and we don't want that to happen. So. Yeah, yeah, but if he goes... Then you got the vice president to deal with. Who's also bad, yeah. I think he's worse than Trump. He's pretty bad. I think they're all, yes, yeah. Well, I actually think the vice president is worse than Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he got that Bible thing going. Yes, he does. (laughs) Go become a preacher. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even then, that's problematic, because a lot of what he's talking about is really harmful to people. I think he's closeted myself. Uh, That's what a lot of people say. The people that are most against gay people... Sometimes they come out as gay themselves. Yep, exactly. I mean, what 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 is their problem? If you're gay, you're gay. That's it. Yep, yep. But why? You, but maybe he got to cover up for himself. Yep. You know, 
that damn Bible causes a lot of trouble. It sure does. I, I mean, if you want to read the Bible and enjoy it, that's fine. But that doesn't mean you cram it down other people's throats. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to go. i got to think about our new leader. <coughs> uh. Let me gag on that. Trump, 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 Ew. the bump. Think Goodbye. about resistance. Thanks for Goodbye. calling in, Gail. Bye. Okay. Thanks to Gail for calling in. Gail calls into the show quite often. Appreciate that. For folks, if you have any ideas or anything you'd like to share, the lines are always open. Well, technically that's not true because I, I don't think we can take calls while someone else is on the line. But you get what I'm saying. Call in. I would love to hear your ideas. Feel free to send me an email. If you have thoughts you want me to share on the air, I really want to make this a, a place and a forum for folks to share their ideas and their thoughts. Because uh, as Diamond Dave says, uh, we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. The phone number is 415-550-0511. We'll be hearing from Charlotte in a little bit. So going back to the ICE, which is the, the agency I believe Gail was speaking of earlier. So yesterday... Uh, so ICE, two, two ICE agents um, carrying a piece of paper came into the Good Samaritan Social Service Center saying they were looking for two people and the staff did not take the paper and said that they did not live there and the agents left. But many families and clients were very freaked out. Um, to that end, um, this is my friend uh, Danny Castro who's sharing this information. To that end, I want to reshare this the raid hotline for ICE activity in California to report if you see any ICE activity. Um, and this is checked by one of the immigrant rights lawyers. And the phone number is 1-844-878-7801. And I'll read that again. That's like the raid hotline number. That's 844-878-7801. And also, um, so there's a lot of actions happening. And if you want to stay alert on to what actions are happening, you can text to get on the list. And to receive action alerts, you text RESIST to 41 411. Again, text RESIST to 41411. Also, if there's any information that you hear on the show that you didn't quite get, uh, feel free to contact me on the Weekly Review webpage, send me a message, and I can send it to you. And also, all of these shows are uploaded. You can check it out on iTunes as well as the Mutiny Radio website. If you go to podcasts and then click on the date for this show, you can go back and listen and write down all the details. There's a lot of information here. And that's one positive thing is that folks are being active and proactive in finding ways to, to fight back. And as, as Gail mentioned, yeah, there's this idea that the resistance could have happened earlier. And I think there was that there was a lot of frustration with the Democratic Party, because there was a candidate that would have won, who wasn't given a chance. And the I know folks are super sensitive about that still, but there's quite quite a lot of evidence that prove people's votes. And also there's so much voter suppression too, so much voter suppression. And that's part of the reason I don't really trust the electoral process and voting in the first place is that if the folks that people wanted to be in Bernie, honestly, and again, I'm not hundred percent. I am not even necessarily for fucking the government anyway. So however, if he was president right now, I, th- I could, I assure you that the majority of the population might feel a little bit easier. It's not saying that that would solve all the problems. I by no means say that at all. We would be in a much different place. We would be in a much different place. Okay. See, that's weird because I feel like I'm contradicting myself in a way because there's that part of me that doesn't trust the government. And maybe part of it is because 
that even when folks do get in, like I'm sure Obama didn't get to do everything that he wanted to do because he was stopped at so many places along the way. And also what are people inheriting? You're we're, like the country was inheriting all these wars and all these, uh, and I by no means profess to, to know everything. So I also want to of course make that clear. Um, however, there are some people in positions of power who know even less and have even less of a fucking heart. So I feel it's, it's crucial for us all. I know everyone's like making their voices known. Something else too is to really look to other people, uh, people who have been fighting for a very long time, people who have been activists for a long time. It's important for men to listen to women, for white folks to listen to black folks and people of color, for cis folks to listen to trans folks, for able-bodied people to listen to disabled people, for citizens to listen to undocumented folks, and for us all to listen to indigenous people because some people right now are just being really scared and really upset. And for a lot of people in the country, this is, this is just, it's an ongoing thing that's been happening for a very long time. People have already been scared and the amount of uh, fear and frustration that some people are now maybe feeling for the first time in their lives or, or to this degree, is that something that people have been feeling for a very long time. And it's really crucial as far as organizing goes and going to protests and actions to really check in and to find out who's already leading these actions and to try to decenter oneself, unless you're part of a marginalized group, like a super marginalized, super, I don't know what that means, but um, to, uh, to really be sure uh, to just check in and just recognize that a lot of people have been doing this for a really long time. Like I'm constantly making mistakes and I really want to see what other folks are doing and see how I can help them as opposed to starting my own thing. So I recommend that people do that to check in to see what else is happening. And also what's like the most crucial. So right now, of course, deportations seem to be pretty intense and also something else that happened. Ah, there's so much, so much to get to is uh, so much. So there's so there's an article, uh, Huffington Post, uh, Killer Mike has some advice for white liberals afraid of Donald Trump. Go find other people and become a part of their movement. Uh, come, go become a part of movements that you don't lead. So that's pretty much what I was just saying. So also you can check out that article for more information on that. That's just more evidence to back that up. Things are really coming to a head, and the idea of how to resist, as I mentioned before, with violence without violence. Oh, yes, this is what I was going to get to. So there's a hashtag out, undocumented, unafraid, and so some ding-dongs at 4chan, which is an alt-right group ugh, um, online, this, they've been, so for, for a while they were targeting the DIY spaces uh, since the Oakland fire to really just try to target queer folks and gender nonconforming and trans folks. And now they are trying to out and report undocumented immigrants. So there's a hashtag that is hashtag undocumented unafraid. And so they have, they have decided to go through and to try to like out people who are uh, openly undocumented. And so one idea was to encourage folks to not use it. Um, or just to take it down. And then there's also the Spartacus effect, which I like a lot. And that is um, that if by, by posting it publicly, if you can, it helps screw up the hashtag. And so that if you're, um, you flood the tag, so everyone kind of, you know, I'm Spartacus. Have you seen the movie? If you haven't seen the movie, uh, this might sound difficult to, it's the everyone kind of standing up and saying, you know, if they're affected, we're affected and we're all in this together. So that's the, um, the tag for 
undocumented, unafraid. Hashtag undocumented, unafraid. And if we all say it, then they can't fucking target us, right? <sighs> so that's, that's, that's something else. Uber is a terrible company. I've been saying that for a long time. Travis Kalanick, the CEO, is a, he's an unapologetic misogynist dick. He's great to work with the Trump team. So is Elon Musk. That's a whole other... Uh, it's disappointing. You know, you don't work with fucking fascists. Um, I like the idea of trying to change things from the inside, and then, but to a point. And so Travis Kalanick, uh, amongst... You know, he told his employees, like, you know, despite criticism of working with Trump, he says, well, as long as they want good transportation, which now sounds super creepy when you think about the fucking Nazis and their trains. Uh, he's like, well, if they want good transportation, we don't really care what their policies are. And th- that's me paraphrasing, but he's also a fucking tool. So we're encouraging folks to boycott Uber. There's a lot of boycotts. There's so much news to get to. I mean, uh, I would love to come here one day where everything was just, you know, everyone was released from jail and we could all heal from all the trauma that's been induced. The planet would like, you know, we would like invest in solar energy and like there'd be no more pipelines being built and like there'd be no more fucking cops and everyone would be treating each other well and everyone get the healthcare that they need. There'd be like fruit trees on every block, bike lanes, no more wars. We'd remove like the military bases. There's a lot. There's a lot of ways that things could improve. No more borders. Ugh, that would be great, right? Everyone had their basic needs met. Since we don't have that right now, that's why one reason that we do this show. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Mutiny Radio here, uncensored, completely uncensored news. Oh, I've gotten a lot to a lot in the last few minutes. So I think there's one more thing I was going to get to, and then I may play some music, and then hopefully we'll be hearing from Charlotte soon. Uh, yeah, just a lot. And I think it's important to talk about, uh, it's important for people to resist. Uh, so I met so many incredible people in DC and had a lot of great adventures, not adventures. That's not the right word. Just so much happened. And it's hard to really, uh, just talk about it. And there's also that idea of wanting to be clear that one wants to be protective of what one talks about, because unfortunately we still live in a surveillance state. And even when we, when we post online, like it's, it's this, if everything online, and that's another thing that Trump's threatening to do is to get rid of net neutrality, which is really problematic. And also with the news and like the information we find out, like it's like, it's like fascist on so many levels, like without ugh, super gross. So there's just a lot. Here we go. This is what I was going to get to. An anti-Trump movement is calling for a boycott of these 32 retailers. So, another way you can make a difference is with your dollars. If you have dollars, choose to spend them elsewhere. And this is uh, from the Business Insider. It's hard to separate Donald Trump's businesses from his politics. As a result, some are calling for a boycott for... Whoops. Uh, this was quite humorous. I just... My seat just... Uh, the seat that can move. And I just... Uh, Sometimes there's things you just can't quite communicate over the radio. Anyway, it was funny. Uh, as a result, some are calling for a boycott of the president-elect's business empire and other companies that sell Trump products. Uh, Shannon Coulter, a brand and digital strategist, started the hashtag grab your wallet hashtag in October following the publication of a leaked tape that showed Trump making lewd comments about women. Coulter said the hashtag, Coulter used the hashtag to encourage people who were offended by Trump's language and actions to boycott companies doing business with, with his family. 
Following Trump's election, she and other anti-Trump Twitter users have circulated a spreadsheet with retailers that do business with the Trump family. The spreadsheet includes information on how about how to contact each business. On Saturday, Shoes.com announced on Twitter that it was removing Ivanka Trump's shoes from its inventory. While the Canadian company valued at $320 million isn't as big as competitors like Zappos, which continues to sell Trump lines, um, this was the first time a retailer responded to the grab your wallet movement by actually dropping Trump products. And they have a tweet that says, we understand and your voices have been heard. We have removed the products from our website. And this was from November of 2016. As of Tuesday, grab your wallet's list of brands that carry Trump products included 32 retailers, including Amazon and Bloomingdale's. I know that's big for a lot of people. I know Amazon's big. Jeff Bezos, kind of a tool, huge tool. He opened up Amazon, you know, to like sell books to, because it was more for money. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, Hey, I love books. Let's make books available to people who can't get to bookstores. It was more like, I want to make some money. That's really gross. And then of course, now that bookstores have gone out of business in part to Amazon, um, they're going to open up an actual bookstore. Ugh. Ugh. really gross. So there's a lot of companies here. So if you can do not shop at the following places, 6pm.com. What's that? Uh, they sell, they sell shoes, clothing, and accessories. Probably that's why I'm not familiar with them. Not a big shopper. Next, Amazon. Boom. Amazon, folks. Try not to shop at Amazon. Not try. Don't. Yeah, I'll be authoritative. Don't shop at Amazon. Bed, Bath, and Beyond. I know you get those 20% off coupons in the mail. Don't use them. Don't go there. Next, Belk.com. What's Belk.com? Shoes and handbags. Another reason. Oh, and these are the these are certain products. So... For Bed Bath & Beyond, they're specifically talking about the diaper bags. I get it. All right. And for Amazon, it's the shoes, clothing, and home products. Uh, Bloomingdale's, they carry shoes and handbags, so don't go to Bloomingdale's. Blue Fly, shoes, Bon Ton, which is B-O-N-T-O-N. That's clothing. Build.com, not walls, but home furnishings. Next is Burlington Coat Factory. Huh. Oh, I was thinking of the men's warehouse because I know the the owner of the men's warehouse is like this pothead, George Zimmer, and I was just kind of shocked. But maybe they're on there. Hopefully they're not. But Burlington Coat Factory do not because they sell Ivanka's clothing and accessories. Next, Bye Bye Baby, which is B U Y, not Bye Bye Baby. Um, uh, shoes and accessories also from Ivanka Carson's. They sell clothing and accessories. Century Twenty One. Ah. Uh, Nice to go there. All right. They have Ivanka's shoes and clothing. Dillard's has clothing and accessories. And again, if you're just tuning in, places not to shop. This is not an advertising section. There is no advertising section unless you want to, like, resist. That's full-on advertising. Resist, take over, mutual aid, all that good stuff. All right. Next. Places do not go. DSW. Shoes. Next. Elder Beerman. Clothing. Filene's Basement. They have shoes and limited clothing from Ivanka. Don't get it. Uh, Gil? Gilt. G-I-L-T. All right. Never heard of it. They have uh, home furnishings. Heels.com. They have shoes. Don't go. Hudson Bay. They have clothing and accessories. HSN. Home Shopping Network. They have home furnishings from Trump. Don't buy them. Jet. Shoes and fragrance. Kmart. Hmm. Kmart sells home furnishings from the Trump home. Don't get them. Lord and Taylor. Nope. Clothing, jewelry, and handbags. Macy's. 
don't get the Vavanka's uh, clothing, jewelry, and handbags. Do not get them there. Next, Marshalls. They have clothing and shoes. A lot of these are from Ivanka. Neiman Marcus. They have jewelry. Nordstrom. Shoes, clothing, and handbags. Nordstrom Rack. Shoes and clothing. Overstock.com. They have shoes and clothing as well. Perfumania. Perfume. Ross. Hmm. Clothing. Saks Off Fifth. Clothing, jewelry, and handbags. Sears. Home furnishings, clothing, shoes, shopstyle.com and shopstyle uk they have clothing jewelry and handbags steinmart never heard of them they have perfume and handbags and i don't really own any perfume or any handbags tj maxx they have accessories walmart which already we should boycott shoes clothing and fragrance winners hmm clothing zappos shoes clothing and handbags and they have additional entities to consider boycotting ABC Supply because the CEO raised funds uh, for Trump and for the Trump Super PAC. They have their supply company. Ugh, Breitbart News. I don't even need to fuck them. Carnival Corporation, the new Celebrity Apprentice, Forbes.com, Hobby Lobby, The Honest Company. That's funny. King's Hawaiian, uh, uh, Kushner Properties, the LA Clippers. Don't, I mean, don't buy any LA Clippers gear. Uh, Lending Tree. We already knew that, though. Wasn't their coach like a fucking, like, I think their coach was a set of really problematic things like a, last year. So no surprise. And they're financially supportive of Trump and Trump brand. All right. Lending Tree. Ah, oh, L.L. Bean. Uh, so L.L. Bean, the company board member, raised funds for the Trump PAC. Larissa's Kitchen, Miller Coors, NASCAR, New Balance, knew about that. National Enquirer. Huh, it's a media outlet that endorsed Trump and prevented negative news about Trump from being released. Now, if you know things about me, I have some guilty pleasures that I'm open about. Some of it's celebrity gossip. At National Enquirer, they're a little bit more on the ball than some other gossip mags that are just... I can't defend it. I I will say, though, that... mm. But yeah, they are. National Enquirer is very anti-Clinton. Definitely know that. And also, just for the record, um, me having criticisms with Hillary Clinton does not mean I'm by any means pro-Trump. I despise him and the whole regime so let's be clear about that next people magazine a media outlet that normalized trump at a pivotal moment that's for sure speaking of which also jimmy fallon and you know there were folks who were really upset i'm looking back as someone who follows comedy and and all that uh so conan was supposed to get the tonight show years ago and that didn't happen and then jimmy fallon got it and they recently released a video of triumph the insult comic dog which is great uh, at the inauguration and it's very biting there's a few problematic things he says uh, I, I have no thing. I have no problems with being critical of the administration, but just some kind of like body shaming comments about Trump supporters, and it's kind of, kind of classist and ableist. Other than that, though, really on target, really funny. And I was thinking if that had been the voice of the Tonight Show, and I think the media is really complicit in the rise of Trump. If but if that critical voice had been there instead of jimmy fallon who was like let me let me tussle with your jimmy who has like jimmy fallon who has like no fucking teeth and no critical thinking at all um if conan had been there instead and not saying that he's perfect but if that voice had been there instead of this kind of normalizing face what would have happened so really putting that out there like it is important to see the voices that we hear in the media and the comedy voices that we hear and the more critical folks are of people in positions of power the you know speaking for the people not that i mean conan's he's up there in terms of it's not like he's out there rallying however i think he's a much different voice than jimmy fallon is all right moving along 
People Magazine. Oh, QVC. Rah. No, I don't really shop at QVC, so no real problems there. Scion Hotels. Never heard of them, but nope. Uh, Seize Candies. Don't eat those candies. Trident Gum. They're an advertiser on Celebrity Apprentice. Or um, maybe it's not Trident Gum. It's an advertiser. So perhaps it's a different kind of thing. So Trident. Sorry, Trident Gum. I didn't mean to throw you, throw you under the bus. Uh, next, Trump Golf Courses. Um, I don't know anyone who... Well, I know some people, I guess, who golf, but don't go to the Trump golf courses if you do. Trump hotels, of course. And we did protest outside the Trump hotels, and that was pretty awesome. There was a great story about how we got there, and I don't know if I'm at liberty to say exactly, but it was pretty fucking badass. Next, Trump winery. Uh, and next, Tyra Beauty. Next is Uline. Next, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Universal Studios Hollywood. They are an advertiser on Celebrity Apprentice. So, nope. Welch's. Okay, they're financially, uh, this is like advertising, so they're uh, financially supportive of Trump. And Yingling Beer, do not drink their beer, or if you do, steal it. All right, next, bookstore selling books by or about Trump. There's a whole, this is an awesome, uh, so yeah, go to grabyourwallet.org, and they'll just, this is a list of everything that I'm saying right now. Um, not only do bookstores sometimes have publisher level and speaking of which, side note, there's so much information to get to. Roxane Gay pulled her book from Simon & Schuster since they are publishing Miley Yiannopoulos' book. So good on you, Roxane Gay, and great for people speaking up against that. So the bookstores that are carrying uh, his book, Art of the Deal, for instance. Um, so entities, they say, not being boycotted at this time. Um this policy does not necessarily cover bookstores that may choose to feature Ivanka as an author. Da, 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 da. Okay, this activity will be evaluated at time. So it looks like that's in the works. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a lot of information here, so I really do encourage people to check this out and to, if you, to choose where you decide to spend your money because that's one way they will definitely listen. Also, speaking of money, move your money. If you bank with Citibank, Wells Fargo, a lot of these big banks that are investing in the pipelines, move to a credit union can recommend others uh, a community trust credit union redwood there's a redwood credit union there's a lot of different credit unions uh so move your money those these banks are investing in the pipelines and that's dangerous bad news okay i've been talking a lot so i'm gonna put on some music and this was a excuse me this was a track that track i'm not i guess i'm a dj but it feels weird to use the word track <sighs> Um, so some women from the Women's March met and they sang a song and it was really pretty and powerful and awesome. Pretty is not doing it justice. So I take that word back. And then they're on full frontal with Samantha B, uh, also singing it there. And that version, I feel it's probably better for the audio than, uh, than the video from the, from the March. So we'll be playing that as that comes up momentarily. We'll be hearing from Charlotte in a bit, and Charlotte met here in the in Bay Area, and Charlotte was out in D.C., and is now, I believe, in Philly. In Philadelphia, people have been continuing to march, which is really important that people continue to march and be out in the streets. That's great. Uh, so I really want to encourage folks, and I recognize that not everyone has the ability to be out, but a lot of people do. So I want to just, yeah, encourage people to keep on going out into the streets and to not give up. And the idea... And I regret coming back from D.C. And at the time, I, I knew it wasn't in my heart to come back as... I mean, I was coming back as scheduled, but it was still earlier than I would have liked. And the idea was to keep people in the streets. 
And oh, we have a call, and I believe that's Charlotte. Hello. Day awesome. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes. Hi, Roman. Oh, hey, Charlotte. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm still decompressing and processing a bit from the past week. Oh my goodness. How are, how are you uh, doing in your decompression? Oh well, let's put it this way. Um, in my dreams, I am actively talking about things with people and like decom- yeah, I'm decompressing and talking about organizing. So it's kind of hard <laughs> for me, even when I'm asleep, I still feel like my mind is going and uh, c- calling people out or calling people in. And so I feel like it's like a nonstop. It's, 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 it's nonstop for me at this moment. I totally get it. Like when I lay down at night to go to bed, I just hear chanting in my yes, head. <laughs> yes, that's I totally, I totally feel the same. I was on the airplane and I was thinking, you know, no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA, and it's it's in the back of my mind and it wants to come out of my mouth so often. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's haunting at this point. Yes, where like it, it should feel more impactful. Like at night, I just like hear the echoing of all these righteous chants. Yes. Yeah. Same. So, so you're in Philly now, yes? Yeah, I'm in Philadelphia. Um, I came here yesterday to try and get here for um, a protest. Uh, you know, because Trump and the GOP are in town. Um, but I got to make it for one this morning at 30th Street Station. So we could send them off with a nice farewell. Oh, awesome! So, what, what did that look like? Well, everyone showed up, and you know, uh, Philadelphia has been really great about um, you know peaceful protests, and this it, it's a great, strong community building sort of thing. And uh, we ended up not even seeing them. I guess we detoured their plans yeah. or scared them off, awesome. and they did not take the the path that they were supposed to. Oh, right on. Yeah, I saw the the video from yesterday, so it's it's it was really reassuring to see so many many people still out on the streets. Yeah, especially in other cities. Um, yeah. DC. Yeah. Um to me just a, just a little bit um you know that things were kind of like dispersing there um, because, you know, everyone had like flooded DC from other cities to come in. Then when the inauguration was over, everyone went back home. And so the movement seemed to have faded a little bit uh, for me. So it was really like powerful to see other cities just like, you know, standing strong still. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm curious. We, we missed each other when we were both in D.C. at the same time. And I was just curious as to what happened uh, after the Women's March uh, at McPherson Square uh, following the march, if you were able to, to make it out there or if what, what happened later on on Saturday. On Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Saturday was a 
was a lot more toned down than Friday. Yeah. Well, after yeah. the women's march. Yeah. What's that? Oh, well, we, we can also talk about Friday, too. I mean, I feel like a lot of us were kind of there for Friday as opposed to Saturday. So whichever, I mean, we can start off with with Friday and then go into Saturday if you'd like, or whichever you'd <laughs> like to. I feel like there's, well, I, there's, there's also a lot to talk about. Yes. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The concept of the women's march. But yeah. Saturday was a lot more toned down in, like, that when we came back to McPherson Square from marching, and um, Refuse Fascism had thrown a rally to try and, like, collect all the people that had flooded into town to be there for the Women's March. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a, like, a great rally, and, and everyone went home, and it, you know, and, and uh, maybe at this point I'm just becoming numb to, like, protests and rallies and, <laughs> or, you know. But um, Friday when we came back from the march was very different. Yeah. You know, we came back from this amazing, uh, you know, peaceful march that was still very powerful, you know, especially like when we took the freeway over and blocked traffic and, and there was this huge moment of empowerment and, and solidarity and, and recognizing the capabilities that we all have to, you know, make changes and, and really impact the system that we live in yeah um but you know we come back from from that and uh the, the funniest thing is like my, my mom had come down uh uh from pennsylvania to come and march and protest with me which oh, was right so on. cool and then you know my mom was like okay you know like i'm gonna this is getting a little little much so i'm gonna you know go back home she gets in a cab and as soon as she shuts the door to the cab i look up the street and i just see smoke Oh. So I'm like, what's going on? So I start walking up the street. I'm like, oh my god, something's on fire. So I start walking a little faster, like, and then I realize that I think that was the limousine that had gone set on fire. Oh yeah. Uh, go up to the line of like riot police, and they're just all of a sudden there's just like flash bombs exploding, and like there's kids, like you know, like people are just throwing their hands up in the air and they're chanting, "Peace, don't shoot, peace." Mm don't shoot and they're like launching these uh flash bombs and uh, tear gas and like you know macing people and and everyone's running all of a sudden like and you know people are falling down because everyone's running too fast and people are helping them up and you know it's just like this crazy chaotic thing and like and i just left this incredibly peaceful protest and i'm like yes <laughs> well, you know i was just like i was a little out of sorts and you know, uh, so we ended up in the middle of all that, and I had come prepared um, for the for J20 as a medic and had my bag packed with, you know, things in case people were tased or, or tear gassed or, or, you know, basic injuries. And I unfortunately had to, you know, utilize those tools because this, like, extreme brutality that was coming out from the police was being invoked by like i think i saw like two like you know like not even a handful like not not a few like maybe two people that were pulling bricks out of the sidewalk and throwing them at the riot police you know wow. just in, you know prompting them Do you uh, think the and everybody else would you know go up to those people and be like no stop like what are you doing like you're yeah. putting everyone in danger yeah and they're like, no, fuck the system, whatever, you know, like, uh, like, no, like, you're, you're throwing 
rocks and yeah. trash it riot police that are in full gear like you're not going to bruise them but they're going to lash back and like you know really injure like your your friends your community and your comrades that you're out here on the streets with and so it was like a very it was, it was just it was very emotional it's just like you know like and people are getting hurt and it's just like chaotic and uh you know at the fault really of just a couple people that were really young and probably you know just didn't really know better yeah do you think there's a chance that some of those folks who are fighting back against the police were infiltrators or were they just folks who just didn't know any better and or wanted to fight back oh i i would put money on the fact that at least one of them was paid really fucking well yeah um to throw to throw that break um you know, absolutely. Because if you look at the rest of the, the rest of the protest, everything was was just peaceful and yeah. powerful. And, yeah. And you know, the protesters were the ones that were being attacked by Trump supporters and by all these emerging racists that now have a platform for their hatred. And you know the way that I saw everything portrayed through the media was not what I experienced Yes, when flash bombs were exploding on my shoe and I was inhaling tear gas and I was watching police mace old women yes. and beat water protectors Yes, that, that were just standing around. Yeah. The media nothing. is very complicit with spinning just, their story. What's that? Oh yeah, the media is, is is very complicit with having a very anti-protester narrative and choosing yeah. to focus on either the limousine burning or the people breaking the glass, which of course is still even with that, that's a lot that doesn't bother me as much as as it bothers me to see police brutalize people. Like if people are going to be upset about something, don't be upset about well, an object. What about the glass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> glass can be replaced. The window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We will tell the story of the trash can that was burned in cold blood on K Street. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it's so, and it is, it's, just, it's almost hilarious because I, I received backlash from people about, you know, how violent we are and, huh. and, you know, like we're protesting this system with the same means that they're, you know, showing. And I, I'm just, <laughs> and this is all coming from people that weren't there. This oh. is all coming from people that get their news from Fox, and and they built this huge stigma and taboo against protesting. Yeah, as if you know, as if protesting has never accomplished anything for civil rights. <laughs> when it's what has, it's. I feel like it's just a total disregard of history and this like rewriting of history, and that's really frustrating. Yeah, it it is it is really frustrating. I feel like a lot of the conversations um, that I have with people, you know, coming from a um, a combative perspective, are all just really um, they're they're misguided and they're uneducated, and and they're all built off of you know, our broken and poor education system yeah. and, the, and the lies that we're taught in school. 
and and our inaccessibility to real uh, exposure of current events in the media, um, and then this. Uh, I don't know, this um, air of, of nationalism that, you know, that everyone holds their patriotism and their, you know, love of their country and their and their fellow man and whatever, but it comes down to them, uh, you know, uh, lashing out against everything that they claim to believe in you know freedom and, and equality and yeah. humanity yeah it's like very uh specific's not the right word uh maybe restrictive i think it's similar to the the quote-unquote pro-life people and they think about uh pro-life for some people that is like they're out there <laughs> protesting abortion rights but they're not out there protesting the pipelines being built or protesting police brutality or protesting when new wars are started it's like very people are very particular i guess i should say to what they how how things frame what they want to go out there and speak out against mhm yeah pro-life for the first nine months but then once you're born yep. oh you better <laughs> yep. pick yourself you up by your bootstraps yeah exactly so and that was something else i saw out there as well in dc where a few the hardcore pro-lifers and just it was it's so oh, it's yeah it's like banging one's head against a wall yeah it <laughs> yeah it, it really is. I was actually having a conversation with somebody at, that I met at the protest this morning uh, at 30 Street Station about our first protest experiences. And we were both probably around like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and our parents had taken us uh, with our church groups to go protest uh, at, you know, an anti abortion rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you were just. <laughs> While while being grateful to have had a first experience uh, protesting and understanding, you know that you can stand up and, and have your voice be heard at a young age, but because of that, you know, like being yes. dragged into a, a pro life rally is, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so I get to see it from both sides, and and you know, my understanding of that side is that it it's the entrapment of, of a religious structure that, you know, falsely leads us to believe that, uh, you know, the life of an embryo is more important than the life of the woman carrying it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just astounds me. Yeah. Somebody actually brought up a kind of funny point and they're like, if I was holding a baby in one hand and I was holding a Petri dish with um, an embryo in the other mm-hmm. and I had to drop one. Yeah. Which one, which one should I drop? Yeah. And you know, if you're truly, if you're pro-life, then this question should have just been unanswerable for you. It would have been impossible to decide and, right. and you would not have been able to come to any conclusion. Right. You, you know, uh, but most likely you chose to not drop the baby. Yes. So that says something a little bit about, you know, the real stance. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, you were also at uh, UC Davis, yeah? When there was the big, uh, the yeah. Milo, yeah. Are you up for talking UC about Davis. that at all? What's that? Are you up for talking about that at all? Yeah. Cool, because he's scheduled to be at Berkeley on Wednesday, and so many people have contacted the chancellor and many people at the school, and they still are standing behind their decision that allowing him to speak um, is is because of free speech. And so folks are pretty worried because the, the place at Berkeley where he's going to speak is a lot larger than the classroom at Davis where he was scheduled to speak. Wow. Yeah, you know, I had noticed that Martin Screlly and Milo Yiannopoulos were making a point to purposefully go back to places um, where they had a horrible response from on their last tour. Mm -hmm. If there was a huge protest there, if they got kicked out of that spot, if they weren't allowed to speak there, they wanted to go back there. Yeah. Because they're getting off on on this, um, you know, on on the taboo of it, on this, I don't know, being edgy or whatever it is that they want to, to think of themselves as. Um, however, it, it, it really bothers me that, that the word free speech is being thrown around in any of this because it yeah. has nothing to do with free speech. Right. Right. Um, we're not following them around telling them you're not allowed to have, you know, these opinions or speak this way or open your, like you're, you know, you cannot express. We're saying as a, you know, as a community of students and especially at, you know, these schools, which, you know, the student body is compromised mostly of minorities mm -hmm. like that. This is our campus. This is our house. And you're not invited. You're not welcome here. This is a place for education and knowledge and uh, <laughs> community, and, and yeah. you don't stand for any of that. Yeah. And we don't respect what you have to say, so we're not going to give you a platform yeah. to speak it and to spread it. Mm -hmm. um, that, I don't know. There are a lot of signs that said... Um, you know, about the, it being oppressive to free speech, but, uh, you know, hate speech isn't free speech. You, you really, we need to stop trying to, we need to stop defending fascism and yes. defending, uh, just Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, there, there really needs to be a point where we realize that you have to be intolerant of other people's intolerance. Mm -hmm. There, there is no equal in that. Like it's, we're not batting heads. Like you just, you cannot accept their hatred. Yeah. And their white supremacy yeah. and, and what they're trying. Like we just, as a, as a country should already, <laughs> we should, we, don't, we just shouldn't, you know, as, as, a, as a community, we should be able to stand up and say, we just collectively don't agree with your absolute bullshit ideals. So, yeah. Uh, we reject them. But at least as a student body, as, as this group of, you know, of our youth that's trying to 
educate themselves and further themselves to create a better fucking world. They have every right to say that you're not welcome here. Yeah. You know, we're not opening our doors of our house for you to spew hatred that is directed to the student body. Yeah. 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 Ugh. It would be it would be nice if some folks in positions of power could could understand that. <sighs> yeah, well, money makes the world go round. Yep, for now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, thank you for for sharing that. It's been yeah, I know. Like, there's plenty of folks who are planning to to head to to Berkeley on Wednesday, and I think there's also a fear of the violence that that can erupt from confronting these folks and their supporters. So, and I'd heard that at Davis, there was some violence as well. Yeah. Um, Davis, that, that, um, rally for me was probably one of the more emotional ones, uh, that I had just because of the, the violence that, that I witnessed. It was everything that I feared um, about Trump's election is that, you know, with this fascist, white supremacist in office, now there is a platform for all of these other racists and and homophobes and xenophobes and misogynists to now express, you know, their hatred because it's okay now. Yeah. And in, in that I saw, um, you know, skinheads that would run into the crowd of protesters at Davis randomly just beat somebody up that didn't matter who and run away. And I also saw uh, the same tall, large, muscular, white, uh, young man uh, push two different, on on two separate occasions, he pushed two uh, much smaller um, women of color on the ground and then continued to, like, get in their faces and, like, threat, like, just threatening them and, like, you know, like... uh, just like getting buck with these girls. Um, and, uh, and there's police everywhere too. And the police are there to make sure that we, the, you know, the body, we, the people, the peaceful protesters and the students and the activists and everyone that was just there, you know, um, to just to keep us like, you know, controlled, to keep us reined in, to make sure that we didn't get too close to the doors because whatever, you know, Mm. um, people filed fake police reports to claim that, um, windows were broken and that property was damaged just so that news reporters could say police reports were filed about broken windows and destroyed property, even though it didn't happen. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, it's just more and more evidence of how the police are not here for the people. It's like every day there's more 
instances like this. And yeah. people and people using the state against the people. Yeah, it's uh it's terrifying. You know, going to um DC on inauguration day and, and how there's, you know, like five to seven army dogs on every corner of every block. Mm-hmm. It was just such an eerie and foretelling like cloud of of the future and of what fascism looks like, you know, of a police state and yeah. And um you know, it's hard for people to understand if they've never been on the other side of that because, you know, the police are here to protect us, right? They protect and serve. And it's really hard for someone to understand when they've never um, just been thrown in jail for being black and driving a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, being homeless inside of a grocery store and mm-hmm. accused of thievery or or whatever it is, you know, for people that have never been on the side of police brutality um, or, or being stereotyped, it, you know, and it's hard to wrap your minds around that, that this force that's here to serve us is, is actually, a, you know, spraying and beating old women at, at, at the fucking protest in, in D.C. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like it's a conversation that... Terrifying. Yeah, that needs to continue to be had, and there are still people who refuse to believe it, or they want to put forward the few bad apples without looking at it systemically. And, and or, yeah, and as you were saying, if people haven't experienced it firsthand... But then even beyond that, like I've had my own experiences with police, which has been unpleasant. And then beyond that, my eyewitnesses of seeing what, you know, seeing firsthand what they do to people and also just hearing, like keep on meeting, I keep on meeting people who's, they've had their loved ones taken from police. And at that point, I don't understand how, once you know that this is happening, once you know that this is, and I think that over 80 people have been killed this year alone so far by police in the United States. I don't understand how people can pretend that this is just a problem with just one or two officers. This is so systemic. And I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take for people to, cause I feel like once other people realize when, once everyone realizes that this is how things are set up, then we can really move forward. But I feel like there's that time I spend I want to be active and I want to be in the movement and in the streets and then spending also some time trying to get folks who aren't there yet to either to educate or to convince or just to let people know this is what's happening. And I feel like there's a a balance between how do I, what's the best use of my time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that. Um, I feel like I've been doing a lot of, like self-scheduling, trying to utilize my, my time to the best of my ability. And, um, really there's like, there's a point where you kind of have to cut yourself off from all of that to like take care of yourself like, again and, and become a human. Yeah. Um, cause this is, it's, it's so, it's so involving. It's really taxing, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, um, and time consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and between being physically out there on the streets and and then like you know being at home and, and doing your research and keeping up on the news and then when you're out in public and making sure that everyone you talk to you're having these conversations and yes. you know the person in line at the grocery store like if you know that you're influencing everyone and, and trying to see where people stand and, and guide them in an edu- guide them in a direction you know of education and yes. knowledge. Uh, but but it's all you know it's all important. Yeah. Definitely. And it's good to talk too. And just something that I really loved about being in DC was just being around like-minded folks and comrades where there really was this, there was no need to, uh, uh, have to justify one's beliefs. It was more like, Oh, we're here for the same reason for the same purpose. And now we can be active together. And it felt just so, I was so happy to be there, um, with folks. Cause it just felt like that our, our energy was really in a very, it was used in a very directed way. And that felt very good. It was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then we were able to see the, the influence that we had. Like for instance, when we went into like the union hall train station and we're marching around and folks who are working there were able to come out and we were chanting and singing and we had signs and making a lot of noise and people who are working came out and they saw that saw us and they were joining in and they were clapping and they were so excited to see us and to have that direct, very, um, quick instant gratification of to see the action and the result was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DC was definitely empowering in that way. Not having to, I mean, like especially in, in a huge march when you're when your group outnumbers uh, the Trump supporters. Yeah, <laughs> feels pretty good. Oh yeah, and and to be able to have like constructive conversations with people instead of conversations where you're trying to, you know, educate some sense into, you know, usually pretty narrow-minded uh, uh, people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, it was, it was interesting coming back to San Francisco and I do, I, I know I mentioned it to you and to some other folks. I really, part of me does regret coming back as, as I was scheduled to, and I really wanted to stay on longer because the momentum I felt was there and it's, I have a lot of appreciation for folks who are, who are organizing and really just kind of pushing themselves and encouraging me to push myself as well and to do things that I was uncomfortable with, uh, you know, to a degree, like there was that idea of, you know, do what you can and then also don't be afraid to try something new and to really push yourself to have these conversations with people. And I am very grateful to have been influenced that way to be able to be more confident in terms of being outspoken. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, certainly was able to find, you know, my voice and, and, you know, myself again through my experiences protesting just this year. Um, or like truly like before uh, Trump's, um, uh, you know, election, like I was... I was just like so less inclined to care um, about politics, but also really about myself. You know, I was going through my own kind of depression and, and this, uh, you know, the dire 
disparity um, and the urgency of of the Trump Pence regime really just kicked my ass into gear like it overnight. I just you know it was like there was there was no time to lay in bed and feel bad for myself anymore. I just had to get up and out there and do something and 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 I found that it's been that way for a lot of people. You know, there's so many first time activists that I'm meeting out there and mm-hmm. and they're all jumping in like you know with two feet like. Uh, you know, organizing and uh, there's just a surplus of events and panels and discussions and protests and meetings and just anything benefits to go to to participate in. Like, there's no shortage of ways to get involved right now. Yeah, and that that's awesome. Yeah, and and you're right about the momentum. Like, you know, it's taking off. And I was also a little scared. You know, like after the twentieth, that you know, people would just go back to work in life and you know some people did but a lot of people did not mm. <laughs> uh, you know we're really uh, hunkering down on on how we're going to tackle this that's great to hear that's really inspiring and I think there's also just the the idea of ideally you know if you can't go out there you you know you you tap someone else to go in in your place in a way and like we all do what we can to also make sure we're able to rest up and then go back when we're when we're ready to um just to, yeah for like self care because burning out I definitely had a few, I definitely had a few panic attacks when I was in DC and it was important to uh, when I came back to really recognize that and to be like okay what can I do so I can be most effective in this in this fight. Yeah, that's, gosh, I, I actually, me and, um, me and my friend were reading an article last night that was so important. And it was just, I think it was called how to stay, how to hashtag stay outraged, uh, without losing your mind. Mm, and that sounds great. Just, these, uh, like, I think four points that were, you know, just kind of about like the self care aspect and one of the things that kind of struck me the most was, um, I like, you can't, oh, I'm trying to, I can't remember what it was, but essentially, like, you can't adjust to this regime. You can't get used to it, mm-hmm. but you do have to run away from it sometimes. You have to escape it sometimes because you, you can't always be out in the street and you can't always be checking up on the current events. Like I personally, I stay up late at night into the wee hours of the morning because I'm just reading the news and I'm checking and I'm checking every source and I'm, you know, and a lot of these websites are actually getting immediately shut down because they're real news, which is terrifying. Yes. Yes. Um, but you know, the point is to make time for yourself because we have a very traumatic whatever span of time. And it's not going to be four years. Like mark my words, there will not, we are not waiting this out. Oh, hell but no. However long we are in this battle, it is going to be hard. And we're going to watch rights get stripped away. And we're, you know, I'm, we're already watching, you know, loved ones just physically harmed on the sidewalk because of this, you know, platform of hatred that's being normalized. And, you know, you, you can't get used to it, but you need to be able to 
you know, go home and read a book that doesn't have anything to do with history or politics. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to, you know, go make a piece of art that isn't a banner that you're going to use in a <laughs> protest later that night. You have yeah. to, you know, have a conversation with an old friend about something completely unrelated or go watch a movie or, you know, play with your dog or just, you know, you can't spend every waking moment, you know, trying to further this cause because eventually you're going to wear yourself so thin, you know, or like, like you said, like, you know, with having panic attacks and like I've mentally shut down and I had like a span of three days where I just couldn't stop crying mm. and I couldn't sleep at night. And mm. because of just the fear of the future, like what's going to happen to my friends? What's going to happen to like their families? You know, like when they're, it was like, you know, the the fears of, of the deportation and, and what's going to happen to the well-being of and safety of our LGBTQ community and, and what's going to happen to, like, my reproductive rights. Yeah. Like, what what's going to happen when I need to get birth control or an abortion? Like, all these, it's just so much, you know, hanging over your head that it, you know, it, it really... It, it, it is, it's, it's traumatic and, and we can't let it get to us. We know how strong we are and we know that we're going to win this war because all those rich white old men are going to die eventually. And we are raising yep. a beautiful, inspiring, intelligent, eclectic youth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is, you know, nothing but hope in the future right now. It's a war and it's hard, um, but yeah, we're just remembering to kind of take care of ourselves to breathe. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. That's so important, and I'm glad we're able to to talk about that because I feel yeah, there is that, and I feel like that might also put some people off who maybe are, are interested in joining in or or wanting to come to actions and then are maybe wary of what the repercussions are. And I feel like unless, unless I can take care of myself, it's hard to be an example or to provide information for other folks who want to take part. Yeah. So I'm really glad you said that and I'm glad that we're able to talk. So thank you so much for, for sharing all this. It feels also just, it feels really good to to talk about because I feel like I came back and didn't really, I feel like distant, I guess, from some of the folks I was with in DC uh, now that we're not in the same place at the same time. So it feels really reassuring to, to hear about your experiences and to connect with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to hear from you too, especially since, uh, I didn't get to see you. We both we both came out from San Francisco, yeah, and didn't get to see each other in DC at all because it was just so crowded. Yes, yeah, there was so much happening, and I, I was speaking with someone last night who mentioned that she knew people who actually got into the inauguration. They were AIDS activists, and they they blew whistles and they created a a lot of noise when Trump was being inaugurated, and then they were they were then arrested. But it was just this one example of how many people went there to 
provide a disturbance. And then I told her about, you know, folks on the freeway and she hadn't heard about that. So I feel like there's so many people resisting and causing a disturbance, a righteous disturbance. And uh, just to let so many folks know that there are so many ways to go about it. And so many people who are, who are on the ground right now fighting, whether it's through the, you know, the scientists who are releasing the, the scientific facts that are tweets, the folks, you know, hanging the banners just so many people who are out there and just to remember that there there's we are the majority yeah so yeah absolutely it was it was awesome to hear about all the different things that were going on all over the place that still are going on all yes. over the place you know they're happening right now yeah um, is there anything that but, you you wanted to share that uh, you haven't like seen shared elsewhere or that you heard personally? Well, you know, what's really weird is that you mentioned that a lot of people didn't know about the, the freeway getting shut down. Yeah. And a lot of people I talked to had no idea that happened. Yeah. And the only people that know that happened were the people I was with or that were just in DC at the time and heard it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because I guess the media just, wouldn't cover it in fear that, you know, people are going to realize and understand and then activate their potential of being this unstoppable force. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, like, look what we did. Yes. We, like, like, look what we did. And that scares them. Yeah. And so then they don't want, you know, they don't want the people sitting at home to know that, that they have the power to change things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say it's also just goes in the line with what we were talking about before with this idea of only showing the, the burning limousine or the broken windows where it's something that seems so much more sensationalist as opposed to at real people power that also just, and also just the group of people that it takes to, to shut down our freeway and like people, you know, people cooperating with one another and working together as a group and how inspiring that is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, I mean, the way, the way the media cover that versus what happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, true story. It says a lot about, uh, Bannon's grip on, <laughs> on the media. Yep. The reins that he has on that already. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, even just, um, Looking up, just just when I'm like you know checking my news, I, I found that there was like certain things that, like certain keywords I would search for, and it would all be like, oh this, this user's been removed, this this web page no longer. Exists. Oh wow! Like, this, like uh, you know, like searching like what did Trump do today, and all of these pages like wow. the Twitter, the Tumblr, the the website that like every like every, it was all shut down like there just was didn't exist anymore wow i know and were these personal websites or news websites or both they were they they were all like personal so um i I specifically searched what did trump do today Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know so a twitter account comes up and a tumblr comes up and then uh a dot com comes up and and a few other websites uh all based off of that that search and I I swear, like my like mouth was hanging open as I kept opening page after page that was shut down. 
Wow. Oh, scary times. Oh, I mean, Trump's already, you know, shutting down people's, uh, you know, like the Twitter accounts of celebrities just because they poke fun at him. Mm. It, it's it's so reminiscent of you know Hitler's relationship with the media yeah. and how he coined the term Lugan press, which means lying press, so that the people would just have an idea of the media as just you know of just being liars and and being deceitful and trying to not keep the truth from them and and you know like the, you know the government is the truth and the president has the truth and we need to listen to him and stop listening to the lying press mm. and. And that, yeah, and that's, and even Steve Bannon was quoted as saying the other day, and he's like, and I want you to quote this. And he had said something about, you know, the media needs to, they need to, I can't remember. Like, shut it. up? Uh, what's that? Like, shut up, I think was some of the words he used. Yeah, oh yeah. And just, just, and threatening them, and, and, uh, and granted that, you know, we never really had the greatest. Uh, greatest, uh, news sources. Mm-hmm. And now CNN is solely responsible for delivering the truth, which I, I would have never really have before, you know, gone to CNN as one of my first, you know, news sources that yep. I, that I check, but because of the way that, um, Trump has just, you know, verbally slaughtered CNN. They're like, "All right, well, it's on now," and they're yeah. just all about exposing him. <laughs> so it's just this very transparent war between uh, between the government and media. That's uh, just a little too reminiscent of World War Two for me. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Oh, well, all the more reason for us to continue to to speak out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in forms like this right now, you know, I have found that, uh, you know, radio like in this form and, uh, and video and independent news sources and, and, you know, just really DIY yep. forms like this have been the most trusted sources of information out there. Absolutely. Very crucial. Oh. Yeah, it is very crucial. It's it's very important right now that people um, speak up about their experiences yes. and tell their stories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Oh. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's <laughs> always been the case, and now, now even more so. Yeah. So... And write it down too. Yeah, this is history. <laughs> yeah, I have yet. To, I was able to like write a little bit when I got back, but there's still so much that's going on in my mind that it feels difficult to to summarize. Because as you mentioned before, there's like the physical aspect of it, and psychological, and emotional, and also just the fact that there's so much. And you'd mentioned something earlier about going from, you know, the, the peaceful march on the freeway going towards how the police were when they were using tear gas or, or I'm sorry, or mace against the protesters and being violent and how to be in a space like that one moment, like a peaceful space, one moment, and then to be in a combative zone the next and how one has to, it's just so difficult to react to that kind of situation. And how does one, it it, it just, 
it's almost it's almost like they the two contradict each other yet they do exist simultaneously and that's the world that we're living in right now or we can be maybe safe in our own homes yet know that like down the block something there could be ICE agents and just have to think about that Oh hello Hey there hey, sorry about sorry, that I think my chubby cheeks might have hung up on you Oh no 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 um Oh yeah, I was just uh, saying how these things can be existing simultaneously. Like there could be a peaceful moment, one moment, and then the next there could be like the riotous cops, and how it's it's difficult to adjust to to both happening simultaneously. Yeah, it's that that just sums up the whole experience, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I think there's so much empowerment happening, and so much. Uh, um, oppression happening yes <laughs> at the same time yes yeah I felt that like the day before I think it was on the on the Thursday and when we kind of got through some I'm always also just not sure about what I should say or not but there was some moments of really like empowerment and kind of moving through some situations together as a group that were really empowering and I'll just I'll leave it at that um, in terms of getting towards the, the Trump hotel and then once we so we kind of were able to get through one barrier uh, literally <laughs> and figuratively and then once we got there towards like this other area we there were a lot of more trump supporters around us so it felt like one moment we're celebrating and victorious and the next moment we're faced with more opposition and i guess that's a kind of a metaphor for what we're, we're experiencing we we go through we accomplish one thing together and then there's something else waiting for us that we need to find a way to to get through to get past yeah <laughs> wow wow you're super right in that the, the the physical aspect of protesting and marching really is a draws a lot of uh, metaphorical parallels to the, the actual struggle that we're facing just as a society. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, I'm really grateful uh, to have met you, and I'm grateful that you're able to to call in and share your experiences. Oh, I am very grateful to have met you as well, and I I really anticipate being back in the Bay Area and being able to reconnect with you and everyone and refused fascism and all the activists and all the community. Yes. Yeah. There's so many folks out there. I was just so, uh, I'm sure you as well, like met so many folks who are just so right on. And it was just, it felt like home. Even people I was meeting for the first time, there was this sense of like camaraderie and just yes. trust. That was so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Um, a lot, of, a lot of like hugging and crying and loving and, and laughter and, and 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 that's you know and that too is like is was very important because that's the point you know yeah one thing that I remember having said the day that I met everyone from Refuse Fascism was you know like thank you guys all for being here with me like like a big part of this is like we're not all here like standing in opposition mm-hmm. we're all here because we're standing together yeah. And, and like seeing that too, that, that sense of home in DC was, was was beautiful. Indeed. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for calling in. Do you have any, uh, last few things that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Hmm. Gosh, I think, I think really the only thing is that, you know, I just, I really want to encourage all all the listeners to to punch a Nazi. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's all. I, I just, I think it's really important right now that everybody really empowers himself. And, you know, if, even if you're not like that small, you know, get a baseball bat, get some brass knuckles, like, you know, just, you know, punch, punch your local Nazi. Yeah. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. Thank you for, for having me and, and. And everything for being my comrade. I appreciate you very much. Oh, f- yeah. The feeling is mutual. Right on. Well, I'll see you soon, Charlotte. All right. Take care. You too. Power to the people. Okay. Oh, thank you so much to Charlotte for calling in. Ah, oh, so much information. And it's so great to get firsthand experience of what's happened. And as, as, uh, getting to earlier in the program, there's, there's so much. And even being out in the streets for five minutes, you can see that there's just so many different things are happening and the way people are reacting and the way the cops are acting. And it's just, there's so, it's it's difficult to summarize and to even to find the language for sometimes, especially when it's something emotional. And people are really, we're really fighting for survival. So I encourage folks, if you're not yet out there, if you're not yet motivated, uh, granted that protesting is not for everyone being out in the streets is it's not something that everyone is able to do if you are able to or if you know folks who are able to please do uh, try to influence folks too as well you can also donate to there's plenty of funds uh, refusefascism.org is one uh, there's many well, there's so many out there and there's so many things Mehente is another organization uh, solidarity for, for Standing Rock there's so many places where folks can, you can lend your time and your energy. So even if you can't be there in body, you can uh, share news, have conversations with people. That's super important. Like the, for folks who are actually down to have conversations, share information, share what you heard on the show. Uh, really, 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 uh, the more people we have on board, the better, and we can really support each other. So we'll be wrapping up the show. There's, again, so much. And this is just this is just a, a fraction of what's been out there. I also want to encourage folks to check out a couple more things before we sign off. And that's, there's an article on Huffington Post that we shared on the Weekly Review Facebook page. And you can check that out if you go to facebook.com slash weekly rev. That's still up for the time being. Um, and that's uh, an article from J.D. Mayall, and it's the title is, uh, it's from Nikki Giovanni, Trump should crash and burn. And the quote is, the best thing that could happen to America would be if Trump and Pence were on a plane that crashed and burned. And there's a wonderful interview with Nikki Giovanni, who's an elder who has been around and has just, um, and, and she says, Trump will not listen and only a fool would try to reason with him. He is beyond redemption and really just unapologetic. And that's the thing too. There's, I think, uh, tendency among some folks who are liberal who want to really have a dialogue with fascists and have, you know, hear both sides of the story. And when there's someone who's out there who's really calling for uh, the, the deaths and destruction of millions of people and the planet, we can't really reason with them. So I really appreciate unapologetic voices like Nikki Giovanni. So again, you can check that out. It's at Huffington Post as well. Check out the Weekly Review webpage, facebook.com slash weeklyrev and the article, again, is Nikki Giovanni, Trump should crash and burn. Um, also, there was the anti-inauguration. And if I had another few hours of the show, I would play audio clips from that. So there's Naomi Klein, and, as well as a few other speakers, and Jacobin Mag, 
had that. And I believe we also have posted it on the weekly review webpage. And if not, then I'll, I'll post that very shortly. And it was encouraging in a way because they're talking about how it's really a corporate takeover of, of the country. It's a corporate takeover. Uh, and they can't sustain themselves. And there also will be a lot of infighting within the white house. There already is. There's already folks who have been leaking, even Republicans who have been leaking saying they don't want this to happen. And, it cannot sustain itself. And also just really, it's not just, we have to let it implode from the inside. We also need to resist on the outside. But if you go to the anti inauguration, let me see if I can uh, put this up right now, put this up, pull this up. Um, It's just inspirational to hear folks also speak out. Cause I feel like the more we, uh, Yes, if you go to uh, jacobinmag.com and then the anti-inauguration, it's uh, Naomi Klein and Jeremy Scahill, uh, Kianga, Yamada, Taylor, and more. So please do check that out. It's it's really, it's great to hear people speak and specifically also people who are very well educated on the history and uh, from a sociological perspective as well and from defending the earth. So yeah, if you go to the anti-inauguration, which was posted by the Jacobin magazine, that's J-A-C-O-B-I-N magazine. Uh, there's only been over there's 172,000 views. There should be at least a million views because this stuff is fucking awesome and it's inspirational. And it just also just talks about the history of everything. So it's great to have a framework as well as ways to, uh, instead of just these articles about, I also find myself inundated with all these articles of what's happening and it feels really frustrating and, and at times helpless and hopeless. And then to hear scholars and authors and many other folks speak about exactly what's happening and the history behind what's happening and have insight into it, it feels more manageable in a way. And also just remembering that these are people, these people in power, they're just people too. And they're, we obviously know that they're fallible. And then also just recognizing exactly how they're fallible and how you know, we can kind of see them as a way of just, these are people who are making a lot of big mistakes and to recognize that as it is, they are dangerous and they're also making mistakes and to not forget that and to not feel like we are hopeless in the midst of this. It's super important that we take action and at the same time recognize these are not all knowing people. Last night at the, (laughs) at the no DAPL, uh, pipeline and no Keystone Pipeline protest outside the federal building here in San Francisco. There are a lot of great speakers. Uh, Pam Tali spoke, and she's been on the program before as well. And just a lot of great folks and a lot of great speeches. And one thing that I, one idea that I wanted to share that one of the speakers, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have the exact name of the person who spoke it, but I really wanted to share their idea. So I'm sorry, I can't give them credit is uh, this idea that we talk a lot about the people that are our enemies. We talk about Trump and Pence and Paul Ryan and Steve Bannon and all, and Jeff Sessions and ugh, 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 gross. Mitch McConnell, gross. Ugh. We talk about these people. And one of the ideas that was brought up in, by one of the speakers was that it's not the people who are the enemy. It's not, not these actual people. It's their ideas and the implementation of their actions. And I fucking love that because it's so easy. I'm definitely on board with the, ah, oh, I fucking hate these Nazis. Oh, terrible. Ah. Oh. And then also at the end of the day to also recognize beyond these people that we're angry at, it's, it's a lot of, it's their, their, their ideas that are problematic and their actions that are problematic. And for some folks, 
that's really just to focus on when we argue. It's not like, oh, these, these people are bad. It's their ideas and their actions that are causing harm. And to try to focus the conversation that way so we can maybe be more specific about what we find to be problematic instead of the, the people themselves. It's their ideas and their actions. All right. So... That's it for the program today. We'll be closing out on the song that I mentioned earlier and also uh, wanting to just say stay tuned because coming up next will be Global Val with Women's Magazine and following that will be the Common Thread Collective with Diamond Dave and Global Val. Mutiny Radio is having a comedy festival March 1st to the 5th, so check that out. And you can also, we're also always looking for funding here at Mutiny Radio. This is a totally DIY station. Uh, Thankfully, we have no censorship here. And now more than ever, that's incredibly important. So we'll be wrapping up with the song. This was featured on Full Frontal with uh, Samantha P. And the song is called I Can't Keep Quiet. So here is a track of that. Um, Stay tuned. Check out facebook.com slash weekly rev. And just... uh, be continue doing what you can do and yeah that's it uh power to the people please welcome milk featuring the gw sirens and capital blend Yeah, they're all- 